God is in the business of bringing us up out of pits we will never get out of on our own so that he gets all the glory because you know you were stuck if it had not been for God. But if God has brought you out of a pit, give him praise right now. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Sometimes friends appear from the strangest places while those you thought were friends disappear in your hour of need. Hi, and welcome to Live Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us this time. Today we're continuing the Unsung Heroes of the Bible with part two of the message, A Friend from Nowhere, where today we're going to be talking about how God gave the prophet Jeremiah a friend from an unexpected place in his hour of greatest need. You know, the Bible is filled with true soap opera type dramas, and today's message is certainly one of those kinds of stories. The prophet Jeremiah has been thrown into a terrible, dark pit for telling the truth to God's people about approaching judgment. It looks like his life is over when suddenly, out of nowhere, a sympathetic figure emerges from the shadows to save his life. His name is Ebed Melik who happens to be yet another unsung hero from the pages of Scripture. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Ebed Melik, A Friend from Nowhere. We should be a people move with compassion. It just comes naturally. We don't have to say, oh, God, help me to care. We hear of someone's pain. We hear of somebody being in a pit and they can't get out. And we say, Lord, my heart is going out. I have compassion on this person. And I can't help but think of Jesus himself, who time and again, if you read the gospels, time and again, you will hear these words. He was moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, It greased the skids for a miracle. Compassion with Jesus often preceded a miracle. The Bible says faith works by love best. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the hungry multitudes who were like sheep having no shepherd. And the Bible says he looked at them and he was moved with compassion. The poor leper with the terminal disease, eating away his body, came up to Jesus and said, help me, help me. And it says Jesus looked at him and was moved with compassion. This Ebed Melech is a picture of the heart of Jesus. When we hear of somebody in a pit, we ought to be moved with compassion. Not judgmental, not snooty-nosed, not religious Not, well, I'm glad I'm not that way anymore, but moved with compassion. Our hearts should be moved with the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, there are people 
who are trapped in pits all over this county and all over this city. And the heart of Jesus right now is being moved with compassion. And what's he looking for? He's looking for a church that will be likewise moved with compassion. And because of that compassion, it accentuates our faith. And we see miracles. It was Jesus who taught us to visit the sick and the imprisoned. He said, inasmuch as you have done it to the least of one of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. I want you to have a heart for those in prison. I want you to have a heart for the sick. I got a letter from a woman who is in prison for life. And I don't want to give much of it away. I'm going to have it narrated. I'm going to show you her picture. They found our radio broadcast. And now there's a whole group of women in this prison who are gathering to listen to the word of God from this church. And I got to tell you, I'm going to read it to you. But Jesus said, I was in prison and you visited me. Oh, yeah. But watch this now. He not only had compassion, it didn't stop there. But his compassion moved him to action. And it says, he powerfully interceded. So he had compassion. That compassion moved him to action. And the action produced intercession. On hearing what had occurred, the Ethiopian went straight to the king. And I can't read that without telling you. I see a picture here. He went to a king who was flawed. He went to a king that didn't know the Lord. He went to a king that was just another human being. But church, we've got a king we can go to when we know about somebody who is in a pit, who is not flawed, but he is perfect, and he is powerful, and he is waiting for compassionate people to bring the cause of the hurting into the throne room of God. So when I read this, I want you to be thinking New Testament, New Testament, New Testament. On hearing what had occurred, the Ethiopian Ibn Melik went straight to the king and said, quote, my Lord, O king, these men have acted wickedly in all they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the pit. And he is dying of hunger on the spot, for there is no more bread in the city. Now notice his words, because here is a snapshot of intercession. First, he explains the enemy's plot. Wicked men have unfairly attacked the prophet Jeremiah. That's the enemy's plot. Wicked men have attacked him unfairly. He hasn't done anything wrong. Second, he exposes their ploy. They've thrown him into a deadly pit, O king. They don't just want to get him out of the picture, O king, but they want to kill him. They want to murder him. They want to assassinate him. And so, O king, I want you to know, not only is there a wicked plot against him, a satanic assignment against him, but there is a ploy. The ploy is to get him into a pit that he can't get out of. The ploy is to get him into a pit from which there is no escape, from which there is no extraction, from which he will never, ever reappear. The ploy is to kill him. And then he went further, and he expounded on Jeremiah's plight. He's dying on the spot, O king. He's dying on the spot. I'm bringing to you his cause. He can't come to you himself because he's in the pit. But I can come to you because I'm not in a pit. Are you hearing me today, church? See, I can come to you because I'm not in the pit. He's in the pit. And I'm coming to you and I'm telling you, here's the plot. He has been attacked by wicked people. Here's the ploy. They're trying to kill him. And here is his plight. He's dying while we speak. Oh, king, he's dying right now on the spot. And the result is... This king's heart was moved to act. What a perfect picture 
of intercession before the living God. Church, I want us to catch this today because there is so much power in this room with God. And if we could understand it, it would change our life. We need to get to the place where we go to God and we say, let's imagine we're praying for America. We go to God and we explain Satan's plot against this country. Lord, this country has come under the attack of a wicked enemy. This country is in the grip of a wicked attack. There has been a satanic assignment against this country. Or you've got a loved one. And you come in the presence of God and you say, Lord, the devil has targeted this person I love. There is a satanic assignment against their life. And I am coming to you, first of all, Lord, to, to bring their cause and their case to you. And then, Lord, I want to tell you about the ploy. The ploy has been to get them into a pit from which they cannot get out. I look around me and I see people trapped in pits from which they cannot get out all the time. Trapped in drugs, trapped in alcohol, trapped in immorality. We are living in an enslaved nation. We used to call it the land of the free, the home of the brave. Now it's the home of the bound and the home of the enslaved. Satan has come against this country in a way I never thought that I would see. But we've got a God we can bring it to. We can bring the enemy's plot. We can bring the enemy's ploy. And we can bring America's plight and say, Lord, they're going to die without a deliverance. This nation is done without a deliverance. Lord, you are our only hope. And I look to you, Lord God, if this wicked king's heart could be touched and moved then God's heart will be moved and touched by prayers that we pray. It is not too late. I'm telling you, there's only one hope for this country, and it's not political, and it's not financial. It is spiritual. It's going to take a move from God. But what power when we put on this mantle that Ebed Melech had on him and we go to God and we say, Lord, here's the plot. Here's the ploy. Here's the plight. I'm asking you to move, oh God. And I also noticed that Ebed-Melech spoke to the king very freely. When he went up to the king, the king was surrounded by his men. He did this in the open at the gate of the city. He was very bold on behalf of the bound. And Hebrews 4.16 tells us here's the way we're to approach God. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us in our hour of need. He didn't say you might. He didn't say maybe so, perhaps so, hope so. He said you will find grace to help you in your hour of need when you come boldly covered in the blood of Jesus, walking as a child of God, right into the throne room to daddy God. And you say, God, I've got something on my heart. There is somebody I know who is bound. It's my husband. It's my wife. It's my children. It's my neighbors. It's my nation. And I'm asking you, Lord, to hear me. And if this wicked king could hear Ebed Melech, we can be heard by the living God. It's one thing to have compassion. And it's another thing to do something about it and to be driven to action and then to go into intercession. Church, I'm telling you the day is upon us and we're going to be turning off that TV and we're going to be closing that People magazine and we're going to be taking that phone off the hook and turning off those iPhones, laptops, Blackberries and anything else you've got and you're going to take the Word of God into the prayer closet and shut the door and say, Lord, I'm not coming out until I've got an answer. On hearing his deep, heartfelt intercession for Jeremiah, 
The king was moved to do exceeding abundantly above all that Ebed-Melech could have imagined. He said to him, get this, he said, I'm touched. Here's what I want you to do. Take 30 men with you and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he dies. That's the power of intercession. And will not our God release 30 of his mighty angels in answer to our prayer if we will come to him and say, oh God, move again. Move in Tarrant County. Move in Johnson County. Move in Dallas County. Lord, move in America again. Will not he dispatch the powers of God to do it? Yes, he will. You got to wonder, why 30 men? This is one guy stuck down in the mud. Why 30 men? One commentator thinks the dungeon was so deep and Jeremiah, an old man, could not be pulled out, but with great labor and difficulty. And likewise, I'm going to tell you the truth. There are some people who are so bound, they're in such a pit, that a person's deliverance may take great effort and great perseverance on the part of many people. But the end result is worth it all. When the chains fall off and the ropes are broken and they are standing up free and filled with God's Spirit and delivered from what had them bound. But sometimes you got to push and pray and persevere. So we see compassion combined with intercession operating in his life. But next, a surprise. He used something very unexpected for Jeremiah's deliverance. It says, Ebed-Melech took from their old clothes and old rags and let them down by ropes into the dungeon to Jeremiah. He used old, discarded, rotten rags and made them into ropes. Apparently in the king's house, there was a goodwill. There was some place where they put the old clothes that the kings and the princes and the queens used to wear and they ditched them and threw them away and said, they're good for nothing anymore. They're just rags. We'll never wear them again. They have seen their greatest day. They've seen their greatest use. They will never see a better day than they've already seen. Now they're good for nothing but rags. But one man's rags is another man's riches. Because Ebed-Melech saw these rags and he said, we've got to have some ropes to get him out of that pit. And so he grabbed, he took these old rags and he made ropes out of the rags because the pit was so deep, the men could not reach the prophet with their own hands. So he used that which was old and useless to make ropes of deliverance for a dying prophet. Now, I'm hearing something here. And I want you to catch what I'm hearing. Because see, people have said over some of you, your best days behind you. People have said over some of you, you went too far and you sinned too much. And now you're really good for nothing but to get to heaven by the skin of your chinny chin chin someday. And that's about all you're ever going to see. But can I tell you that our God delights in reaching down and grabbing hold of what people consider to be rags and raising them up to become a rope that pulls people out of pits? Come on, everybody. Yes, he does. And I see a picture here. Indulge me a minute. 
because he took these old rags, one after another, tied them together, tied them together, tied them together, really tight, and a bunch of them, until finally they were a rope of deliverance. And I see God doing something in our day. Yes, there are a lot of churches apostatizing, a lot of churches walking away from God, but there is also a remnant that loves the Lord with all of their heart, and they are filled with the Spirit of God, and God's hand is on them. And here's what I see God doing. He's tying one to the other, and tying one to the other. He's tying the Baptist to the Methodist and the Methodist to the Assembly of God and the Assembly of God to the Presbyterian and the Presbyterian to the Episcopalian. He's tying us together and I want you to know today you're being prepared to be a part of a rope of deliverance that is lowered down into a pit to pull people up who are bound. Pull them up. Who are bound. Pull them up. Who are bound. That's it. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Isn't it just like God to use what people consider useless and good for nothing? To use that which has been cast away and discarded to bring about a miracle? How many of you ever felt cast away, discarded, useless? My best days are behind me. I don't care if you're 80. When Caleb was 80, he went up to Moses and said, Give me my mountain. And that 80-year-old man went and defeated the giants and took his inheritance. It's never over till God has had his say. Never. God delights in using what people have discarded. Paul wrote, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. God used old rags, always has, always will, to confound the mighty. I see a church tied together in covenant, tied together at the cross, tied together in fellowship, tied together in the persecution that is coming upon this land. And God is going to have churches that are ropes of deliverance, that are delivering the afflicted and the bound and those that are in pits over and over again. We are in the pit delivering business. And so is God. David knew exactly what we're talking about. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also. He brought me up also. How many of you can say this? He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Now look what God does. And out of the miry clay, there it is. David was in the miry clay as well. And he says, but he didn't stop there. He said, and he established my goings. He made a straight path for my feet. And then he didn't stop there, but he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise. Many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord. God is in the business of bringing us up out of pits we will never get out of on our own so that he gets all the glory because you know and everyone else knows you were stuck if it had not been for God. But if God has brought you out of a pit, give him praise right now. Come on. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Amen. 
Thank you. Now, I gotta say this one thing before I close. This is one of the real burdens on my heart for this country. When I think of those old discarded rags, I think about how our modern society has decided that the Word of God is no longer useful. We've thrown the Word of God like it's old rags into the back. We say, well, we've got new wisdom now, secularism, humanism, political correctness. We're our own gods. We don't really need those old rags of the Word of God and the wisdom of God, His Son, Jesus Christ, His ways, His wisdom. The old way, the well-worn way, the one that has the footprints of Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Paul and James and John and Peter, they've got those sandaled footprints in it, the old way. And that's what we lower down into the pit to give people, the old rags, the old way, that old wisdom that doesn't grow stale. Ebed-Melech illustrates for us compassion for the hurting intercession for the bound and making use of what is tried and true to bring about a great deliverance. By these three things, Jeremiah the prophet was delivered from certain death. And so glad that Ebed did it. Do you know that if Ebed, Melech had not been moved with compassion and done what he did, we wouldn't have the book of Lamentations? Because Jeremiah wrote that way after being delivered from the pit. You know what else we wouldn't have? We wouldn't have the last 14 chapters of Jeremiah. We wouldn't have them because he wouldn't have been there to write them. And they are loaded with prophecy for our day. Ebed-Melech, you were just like Jesus, moved with compassion, interceded for the bound, and lowered that rope of the old down into that pit. You brought out the man of God. Can I tell you something in closing today? You are an Ebed-Melech. Listen carefully to me. I'm very aware that this message is prophetic. Some messages are good messages from the Word of God. This one is good, but it's prophetic. God wants all of us in here to understand that we are all Ebed-Melechs. And around us are people in pits. Do you hear their cry? Do you hear their cry? When you hear it, you go to your king and you give their plot, ploy, plight. And then God's going to give you rope. You're an Ebed-Melech. Well, thank God that while others may fail us, He is able to pull in the slack by providing a friend, sometimes out of nowhere. I don't know about you, but I've certainly experienced this a few times in my own life, and it's just another reminder that God can appear in our lives from the most unexpected places to help us in the hour of need. And let me take a minute to thank many of you, our Life Talk listeners, for being that kind of friend in your prayers and financial support. Your help is a continual encouragement to us as we daily reach out to every state in the union through this radio outreach. If America needs anything, it needs the Word of God. So again, thank you for standing with us. Now don't go anywhere, because we've got some exciting things to share with you I know you'll want to hear. And don't forget to visit us at our Life Talk website. 
Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. You'll learn there how you can financially help us in our outreach, and we'll also have access to all of our podcast message archives. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with our series on the unsung heroes of the Bible with a stirring message on Mephibosheth, a man made great by God's amazing grace. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and if you appreciate the straightforward Bible teaching you hear on Life Talk Radio, you can help us continue to be a voice of truth on this station. Call toll-free at 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us any time, day or night and make a donation to Empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. A Friend from Nowhere is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.